Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Of course, there seems to be a lot of division in our nation's capital today, a lot of division around American kitchen tables. And while sometimes it seems overblown, when there is real disagreement, because there is real disagreement, that's when the real test is. The test is not when it's a kumbaya moment. The test is not when everybody's getting along and agrees. The question is, what do you do when you disagree? And what's the answer to that? For almost a decade now, the answer has been to declare a war of words, to fire verbal shots across the bow. But is that the answer? Is it pulling away and isolating into our social media bubbles? Or is it time to lean in and have a different kind of conversation? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. One of the things that I absolutely loved when I was in Washington, D.C. was the National Prayer Breakfast. Yes, the National Prayer Breakfast. And that may sound like a stuffy meeting. Uh, It's a fascinating meeting because you have political leaders from all across the spectrum politically. You also have leaders from all across the spectrum religiously or faith-based. You also have leaders of faith from across the spectrum that are there. So it is an interesting collection of individuals, of leaders, of organizations and groups uh, that all come together around this idea of a national prayer breakfast. And it's always an interesting thing. There's been some extraordinary moments uh, at national prayer breakfast over the years, and some great speeches have been delivered, some really stunning uh, declarations have been made there, some controversy to be sure. And, of course, President Biden was there today uh, for his first national prayer breakfast uh, as uh, president. And uh, last year, I think they did something a little more virtual uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, But over the course of the conversation today at the national prayer breakfast, the keynote speaker today was Brian Stevenson. Now, Brian Stevenson is the founder and executive director of the Equal Justice Initiative. As I said, he was the the keynote at this year's breakfast, and he talked about some interesting things from a unique perspective uh, in terms of leaning in and about why we need to stay so close to one another. We cannot do justice if we are unwilling 
to go to the places where cruelty and oppression are manifest, where abuse of power is manifest, where suffering is manifest, because it's in proximity to those who are excluded and neglected, those who are suffering, that we begin to hear things that we won't otherwise hear. We see things that we won't otherwise see. I think proximity is key to doing justice. We understand the power of proximity in medicine. We wouldn't have a vaccine to this COVID virus unless our scientific researchers had pulled apart the nature of that virus with such intimacy that they could find a way to inoculate us, to immunize us. Business leaders know that to be successful, you have to understand demand and supply. You have to be proximate to the factors that are going to allow you to succeed. In education, we understand. In medicine, we understand. But sometimes, I think we doubt that justice requires that kind of proximity. And I'm here today to make the belief, to make the argument, to make the prayer that God wants us to stay proximate, to stay close, to get close to those who are suffering, those who are neglected, those who are marginalized, those who are struggling. Uh, I I love that framing, uh, that we do need to stay close, especially to those that are suffering, especially to those that are in need. I think we need to stay close to those that disagree with us or think different or live different. Because the further apart we get and the more we isolate, the less likely we are to be helpful to each other. The less likely we are to stay curious about each other. The less likely we are to lean in to those conversations that can help us get to better solutions for our communities and for our country. Now, Brian Stevenson has obviously done a lot of work in the justice space, uh, so he understands that and why you have to be close. I loved how he said, look, whether it's the justice system, whether it's education or whether it's medicine, proximity matters. That closeness matters, and we can't disconnect that way. Uh, Brian Stevenson also went further at the National Prayer Breakfast today to discuss the role of people of faith. What role is it that people of faith faith should be playing when it comes to solving big problems of our day. What many of us are seeking is the kind of justice that God ordains, the kind of justice that breaks down these barriers. And I think people of faith have a critical role to play in leading our nation, leading the world in truth-telling, truth that leads to justice, truth that leads to reconciliation, truth that leads to restoration, truth that leads to repair. And people of faith know that we can talk about these problems and challenges not because we seek punishment, but because we seek liberation. And the world needs to see modeled that we have the courage of our convictions, the ability to actually talk honestly about our mistakes. And so as we try to do that, as we do try to to come together, I think that's where the, the real opportunities, I think that's actually where hope begins, is as we engage in that kind of conversation and that kind of process uh, I loved how he encouraged people of all faiths to be part of the solution, uh, to not retreat from the public square, uh, to not cower in the corner, uh, but to come together. Uh, finally, Brian Stevenson urged Congress, Congress to come together, even in the face of those who wouldn't like them to work alongside each other and may want to have some sort of purity test that you only work with those on your side, on your team, or your portion of the aisle. We cannot be defined by this pandemic. We cannot be defined by the forces that preach violence and bigotry. We have to be defined by something transcendental, something that is rooted in our faith, something that believes that love is preferable to all of the forces that are around us, shaping us and pushing us. 
And so that's why I'm persuaded that doing justice means that we have to get proximate to those who suffer. We've got to change these narratives that foster bigotry and violence. We've got to stay hopeful, even when it's difficult and challenging. And finally, I am persuaded that doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly with God means we have to do things that are uncomfortable. We have to do things that are challenging. I wish it weren't true, but it's, I don't see any way around it. Because the truth is, is that when you model fellowship in this Congress, when you embrace one another in this Congress, when you actually talk about our common humanity, our shared humanity, there will be those who criticize. There will be those who say, you're not supposed to do that. And there will be pushback, but I am persuaded that great things only come when great people are willing to embrace one another, to do the uncomfortable. Doing the uncomfortable, leaning into that conversation. Stevenson said, people of faith know that we can talk about these problems and challenges not because we seek punishment, but because we seek liberation. The world needs to see modeled that we have the courage of our convictions, the ability to actually talk honestly, even about our mistakes. And I think that's a a good lesson for all of us. It's It's a great lesson for Congress. Congress needs to come together and model that for the nation. People of faith need to come together. Uh, across faiths, across beliefs and ideology, and model that. And then each of us in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in all of our conversations online, need to model what that really means to pursue justice and mercy so that we can all get to a better place. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.